Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, all ages, you know what time it is for the show known as Reaching Out. I am R.A. Crate, and this is Camo. And today, we're going to talk about joy, but again, it has to wait another day, another time, because today we're going to be looking at perspective. And who better than none other than Camo to tell us a little bit about perspective than an artist himself known as Camo. So, one of the definitions is the appearance to the eye of objects in respect to the relative distance and position. Now, that is a big word of saying how it looks when you look at it. So, you as an artist, how, how do you look at a painting and you see the next brush stroke or you see the finished product? How do you find perspective and when you're doing a painting or a drawing? I don't know. It's hard to see the perspective sometimes because most of the times I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to. If I'm not doing a commission, then honestly, I don't know what I'm going to come out with. But I just get started. Like, okay, so one of, one of my last paintings I did, it was of a, of a face. I had no clue what kind of face or what I was going to do with it or anything. I just... I thought about this other drawing that I did a while back um, for uh, my dad's band for, it was this uh, a Mayan or something, or a, a tribal uh, member, looking up at, looking up from the darkness. And uh, I thought I'd try to do that again, but. I don't know. Eventually, it just evolved into something else as I went along. Um, plus, I don't like to repaint things that I've already done before. I mean, that's definitely a good way of looking at it. And I had this argument with a pastor friend of mine one time. And he was like, well, when you have vision, which is another way, I think you kind of tracked a little bit more on vision than prospect or perspective, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't know the final vision. We don't know it's it's unclear. Right. And we have to stumble our way, you know, and take it brush stroke by brush stroke to find the destination, which in your case is the final painting, mm -hmm. which you put up for sale. So when do you know you're done from your eyes? Ooh, that's a hard one. Because I thought I was done with another one the other day with the uh, with the fire and the ice. Uh, face painting that I did. Um, I thought I was done, but the more I looked at it, it was, it just didn't look right to me. So, uh, I knew it needed something else. I didn't know what it was at the time, but <laughs> so last night I just put a beard on him. Then I knew I was done. See, and now you're talking about the other definition of perspective a mental view or prospect and also like the sentence underneath it says to gain a broader perspective on the internal scene. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really by you looking at it, you knew something was missing. Yeah. And all it was, was a majestic beard. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It was just looking at me every day. I had it propped up on the back of my couch, and it up close, I can see all the detail and everything. It looked good. 
I thought, but after looking at it so much, and I even posted it before, I really knew it was done. And um, people, I guess people already liked it the way it was. But um, <laughs> after I put a beard on it, that's when uh, people said that they wanted to buy it. <laughs> um, but no, it, after that, I was a lot happier about it. I don't know. Man, you're kind of on a roll because you hit the another definition, the capacity to view things in their true relation or relative importance. So with you, I, how I relate that, because I know you a little bit more, and for our listeners, an artist to feel incomplete, hmm. it kind of it, it attacks your mind. And you're just sitting there looking at it, and it's like, I'm not quite done. I'm not quite done. Yeah. But when you rationalize in your mind and you figure out what that exclamation point on it, does it really matter up until then if somebody else likes it or not? For me, yeah. Mostly, I, I'm not painting for myself. Uh, most of these paintings I do are going to either be up for sale or be given as gifts. So I, I think it, it matters what people think. So I'm constantly judging what I'm doing, uh, trying to figure out his, are they going to like this? Or maybe if I add this, they'll like it better then. So, Do you think that kind of relates to how you act mentally? Like when people piss you off, you have to go off to your side and kind of reflect and get away. And much like in your painting, I mean, you sold the Hellboy picture this week also. Yes. Were you contemplating just ripping it up at times or redoing it because it wasn't working or it wasn't selling, not working? That's a bad analogy. I held on to that thing for almost a year. And um, the original Hellboy painting I did, it just didn't seem right. I mean, it was just his face on a black background. And that was it. But then I got to looking more at the movie cover on or the DVD cover or whatever. And um, I added more to it, uh, thinking that people would actually take notice then. And um, yeah, no, <laughs> not, no such luck on that one. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, but this guy reached out to me. He's like, hey, do you have any paintings for sale? And I, uh, I'm like, yeah, I actually have just these three. and like perfect i'll take them <laughs> and i'm like okay but where where were you like a year ago <laughs> i mean it wasn't even that much either but anyway at least i know it's somewhere where it can be appreciated well i mean i can see your pain because you do what as an artist you just said you don't necessarily do it for you so you're putting your heart and soul out on the line, allowing somebody to do a Mexican hat dance on it. Mm. I mean, if it doesn't sell, do you feel like physically attacked? Or maybe you're not as talented as you think, which is a lie from the pit of hell. I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I'm like, well, well, apparently people aren't thinking that, uh, that they want this on their walls. So. Um, I can either hold on to it or add something or just get rid of it or something. And um, I, I, I don't know. 
uh, I mean, when it doesn't sell, I mean, it's not an attack. It's just not in people's taste. But um, tomato, tomato. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's why I feel like we're talking about perspective, mm. because we live and die by our words. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't try to ensnare you, but I mean, just it's interesting to hear another artist and explain it, especially with you putting your heart out there mm. and your soul and your designs and making it for the people intentionally to sell. I know how it can affect you mentally. I mean, it's just like me and logo design. Not everybody's going to like my style. Mm. And it's taken me so many years. And I think you're up and coming and you haven't even got out there yet. You even haven't even exposed yourself. You're in still such a small community, which is they're not bad, not good, whatever. It is what it is type yeah. thing. But I mean, when you do start exposing yourself out there, you risk that much more. Especially when it's perspective, because if you feel rejected, is that going to defeat you? If you become a big hit and all of a sudden hit a bad patch, how is that going to affect you? If you just sell out everything for the rest of your life, is your legacy just based on that? And it's all based around perspective mm -hmm. and how we view life. And I think that's the beauty. One of the paintings... And you, you post that on your Facebook page on Camo Arts, right? Uh, put, put it on my personal uh, page and my, um, uh, yeah, my art page, uh, Camo Arts. Okay, that's the one I'm going to advertise. Just to, that way you don't have to deal with adding friends and all that. If they ever want to see it, the one, what did you title the, the Two Faces one? The, the Fire and Ice one? Yes. I didn't have a title for that one. Okay. I was so, thinking I was trying to come up with like something some cool Latin name for it, but it, it was just untitled. Well, for purposes of this, I'm gonna call it du the duality painting. And I think that fits perfectly. You happen to sell it. It happened to be two faces, fire and ice, and it to me it represented duality perfectly. And I think that represents a lot of times you as a person because you have that I'm passionate about this, but I'm maybe fading on this a little bit. And you express yourself in that painting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. A <laughs> if I'm not doing like Nickelodeon or uh, Cartoon Network characters, most of my paintings come from some sort of emotion. I don't know, that darker face, the one that came after the fire and ice one. I was just watching Home Improvement. I wasn't in any sort of mood at all. Well, um, you know, he did go to prison for drugs. I'm just saying. Ah. Okay. So there's a dark side to Tim <laughs> Allen. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm more than just cartoon characters and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's what's hitting the best, and that's what people are really buying from me is just these cartoon characters like I did the the one of the guy called him from Powerpuff Girls and Courage the Cowardly Dog recently and Ed and Eddie and Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life and stuff like that people love that stuff because it's nostalgic and, uh, they get a little piece of their childhood to hang up on their wall but that's I mean I love that stuff too but I don't know. That's just not what I'm feeling. 
whenever I start uh, painting what I like to paint and what I painting from what's coming in from the inside. That and that means more to me. It seems like sometimes it it gets less attention. Well, yeah, but I mean, it goes perfectly with tonight's episode. I mean, that's your perspective from the inside. You're allowing people to see what's going on in your mind. I mean, unless you're asking that person what's going on, and I mean, they can still lie to you, which I feel, you know, that's my my other side that I always feel like people are lying to me when they ask how I'm doing because I feel like they don't care. Yeah. But with being an artist, you get to allow the dark side, the light side, whatever. Like I joked with you for the longest time, just because your pictures didn't have eyes. Yeah. And now, <laughs> you know, I look back and I'm, you know, now seeing you're drawing eyes more. Was that me? Was it a good thing? Was that a bad thing? I, I don't ever want to make a, artists feel like they have to do a certain style yeah they should have the freedom if i pay an artist to do a certain design mm -hmm. i want their style because that's what drew them to me why am i going to go to a tattoo artist that doesn't do portraits and tell them i want a grayscale of my grandma and a speck to mona lisa if i go to a tattoo artist that doesn't do portraits i'm probably going to get spongebob squarepants no matter what I give them to draw from. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just hearing you, it, it definitely, I hope that it helps other people because you never know from an artist whether, where they're coming from. I mean, there's so many deep, dark angles. It's, it's just weird. I looked a up, up a couple articles on perspective. And what's funny is a lot of them have to do with happiness. What's your thoughts on that? We, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could look happy on the outside and feel crappy on the inside, but people wouldn't know because you're putting a smile on. Um, I don't know. Well, that was a funny thing because whether it was changing your perspective or how people view you or how it always came back to it had to do with happiness. Like you could be a dark person, but as long as you showed the perspective that happy on the outside, people didn't care. You know, just same way with your art. Like unless, sometimes art can be taken different ways. Mm -hmm. And unless the artist tells you, you don't really know how to take it. Right. I mean, that might be why people think my stuff is dark because they don't know where my headspace was when I did it. I know I draw and paint a bunch of dark stuff if I'm not doing cartoons. I mean, I draw monsters and zombies and um, creepy creatures and stuff like that, but I'm not in a place of like anger or. I want to die. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just something that I gravitated toward, and it's it's not it's not malicious. It's just something that I like. All right. And put out Speaking there. of that. I've got two things. One's a conspiracy theory, and the other one is just a memory based on perspective. You remember the movie Men in Black? Yes. When Will Smith is in the shooting range, oh, and yeah. he only shoots one thing. 
for some reason, this brought back to mind when the monster <laughs> is doing exercises. Yeah. Dude's just trying to work out. Well, what about him? He's snarling. No, he's got a tissue. He's sneezing. Yeah. Why did you shoot her in the head? Because she's got way too advanced books to be out here in the ghetto at this time of night. Right. <laughs> and it's just how we look at it. Yeah. Oh, and the second thing, being the dark, going back to the darkness, and you don't just have to play it out. Macaulay Culkin in the Home Alone series. Mm-hmm. He was way too advanced for all those skills, right? Yeah. Have I... you heard this one? Uh-uh. Who he grew up to be? No. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Jigsaw? Yes. <laughs> I heard that on TikTok the other day. That Macaulay Culkin wanted to do all those games, and then all of a sudden he grew up to be the serial killer. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard that. I like that. Hey, it's, it's dark and twisted, and that's, that's what I like about it. <laughs> it's how you look at it. I mean, the whole Rugrats thing where, um, what was the girl's name? Angelica. Angelica was a psychiatric pa- patient, and Tommy was, Tommy was stillborn. The twins were boarded. And didn't know who they were, if they were, it was a boy or a girl. And so Angelica made them two babies. Chucky, I can't remember Chucky. I think the dad was on drugs. But like a whole conspiracy about how dark and twisted that was. Oh, wow. Ed, 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 Ed and Eddie uh, was, everybody died at a certain time. Yes. And that's why Ralph was the way he was. Um, the kid with the board was the way he was. So, I mean, it definitely warps our fragile little childhoods. Well, I like reading the, the uh, oh, yeah, the childhood ruined most things. I, I like reading stuff like that. Uh, just these different uh, fan theories and everything, like the whole Winnie the Pooh thing. I don't think I've heard that one. Um, let's see, Rabbit had OCD. Uh, Pooh had, like, an eating disorder. Tigger had... Uh, ADD hmm. and piglet anxiety and um, I bet Eeyore was like depression, chronic depression. Yes. <laughs> well, one thing that was true, SpongeBob was loosely based on the Seven Deadly Sins. I've heard of that one too. And he was from Oklahoma, of all places. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. Up until well, obviously he moved to Hollywood and all that, but mm. yeah. So this turned a wicked awesome turn. <laughs> but back to the whole perspective. Yeah. Like one of the very first sayings from Huff Post, happiness is often choice, so choose wisely. Now, I'm totally against on the whole happiness thing mm. because I think feelings are dumb and they offer no weight in the world because they can change every day. But if we change it to joy, joy is often a choice and choose wisely. And why I say this is, because joy is one of the beatitudes, how you're supposed to be in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, Jesus didn't fought, have joy at all times. Mm-hmm. He went into the house and, like, turned the tables. Yeah. But other than that, he still chose joy unto death when the guy cut off the earring and is like, whoa, wait. And then, like, heals it back on. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just funny how I'm going to keep on saying joy instead of happiness. Okay. But how the articles relate to that. And it's often a choice, so choose wisely. What do you think? Well, I guess, I mean, 
you, you can't just walk around all the time being negative because uh, that's just a it's a horrible weight <laughs> uh, but if you choose joy I mean if if you choose to be joyous and stuff but I mean it can turn your whole day around I don't know. well just like you constantly saying hello to everybody and like how you doing that to <laughs> me is the example of choosing joy over everything else hmm. like even if you hate yourself and want to stab somebody in the eye you still say hello and how you doing you'll go get somebody food you'll make it at a point to make their day better yeah right um yeah i, I mean doing stuff for others does does make me happy and uh, yeah i mean that's i like being the annoying guy Walking around green people. I mean, <laughs> not a lot of them are a bunch of happy guys in the morning, but uh, I try to make their day just a little bit brighter. See how they're doing. Well, I mean, obviously, what's the opposite? I mean, what are you going to do? Just complain all day? Not complain, just not say anything to anybody. Yeah, but most people don't not choose not to say anything. They'll like make it a point to come up to you. And start complaining about everything. My wife did this. My boss did this. Man. I feel horrible. I mean, if you don't choose joy, that you want other people to feel fiz- miserable too, right? <laughs> no, I don't want anybody to feel miserable. <clears throat> uh, I just, I just want, want to be able to make everybody stay just a little bit brighter. That's all. In some way, whether it be just a greeting or a uh, simple conversation here and there, I'll talk to some of the techs and we'll have a good like five or 10 minute conversation. And I'll feel better about it. And I'm sure they, they might like a conversation here and there just to get away from what they're doing. Yeah, because I mean that ultimately, by you showing love and compassion, you're showing them a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you're allowing them to be where they are and showing them, yes, we're in a, we're in a pandemic, we're in a recession, but we can still show e- each other kindness and just show each other grace to allow us to be where we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my lifestyle may not line up with your values. Your lifestyle may not line up with my values, mm-hmm. but allowing somebody people, somebody to relax and not worry about being judged, not worried about you coming up and complaining to them and just talking your ear off. It allows them to be, I don't know, maybe not happier, but enjoy the moment for a little bit, what they need. So not, not always just being happier, but just relief. Yeah. I mean, look at a harbor. I mean, a harbor is a safe place for a ship. Mm-hmm. During the storm and everything, they need somewhere to just dock and have that anchor to know that they can relax. And they may be tossed about a little bit, but there's shelter in the storm. Yeah. I agree. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I go in every day seeing how everybody's doing. And they could very well be just be going through the roughest time. And uh, that, that's why I try to take into consideration is just 
just knowing that everybody's going through something different. So a little bit of positivity could go a long way. And do you think sometimes, like this just popped in my head, because I do this. I have enough awareness about me to lie to some people. Like I could go be going through hell, mm-hmm. but if I know they're an upbeat, genuine person, whether they're they ask me how I'm doing and they're five feet away before I respond, I still at least tell them I'm doing good because it helps them maintain their happiness. I got you. I mean, it's a detriment to you because you're lying through your teeth, but at least you do you think with you being the ray of sunshine in a horrible place <laughs> that some people lie to you when you say, how are you doing? Actually, I think a lot of these guys are pretty honest. <laughs> Do they just blurt out? I mean, uh, I mean, they don't blurt out and tell me what's going on with their lives or anything, but they're like, uh, damn, it's, it's still a bit early, so I don't know yet. Or, eh, or just, uh, feel like death right now. It's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> So how do you protect yourself when that happens? I mean, I mean, if everybody is honest and they're like, eh, it sucks, I'm dying, whatever. Yeah. You're consciously being punched in the face with all these bad negative views. I'll be like, hey, everything all right? I'm not trying to pry and ask them for their life story or anything, but I'm just trying to see if they're okay. And if they feel like opening up, Great, I'll stand there and listen to it. I just gotta, <laughs> gotta have a broom in my hand so it makes it look like I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind hearing people out when, uh, when they're going through something, because it's, I don't know, I don't always tell people what all is going on with me, and I just keep it inside, and it's probably not the healthiest thing to do. No. <laughs> what gives you the idea that it is healthy? I mean. You said you've walked away, you've mumbled under your breath, I mean, and you hide it, and you tell people, hi, how you doing anyways. I mean, that's not good to, like, kill yourself. I mean, basically, you're beating yourself up inward every day, day in and day out, if you don't let it out. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason why you're reaching out. I mean, (laughs) people are going to the grave with you, you feel like you've let them down or not met with them enough. And then you're trying to be the ray of effing sunshine, Mm. you know. I mean, honestly, you'd probably be the one that annoyed me at times because I want to punch people in the face sometimes. But, I mean, I think that's the beauty of it. Because with you being so consistent, but you have to also find somebody for yourself. I mean, obviously, we talked about it. You said when you come here, your wife. But, I mean, just... I don't know. It annoys me knowing the type of person you are, mm-hmm. but yet you're still saying you still hold some in. Because honestly, I do it too. <laughs> uh, I do. It's just if I, I feel like sometimes if I don't express everything that I'm feeling, all the things I'm thinking, or anything like that, it's just I, I'm not burdening anybody with it, and um, uh, I just don't want to bring people down. That's all. But yet, do they bring you down when you do the same thing to them? Like, when you 
earnestly ask them, how are you doing? And then you sit there with a broom acting like you're walk working. Does it bring you down? No, because it, it gives me an opportunity to reach out. So but do you it, feel well, like you're, you're denying somebody else that benefit? Uh, give them an opportunity to reach out. Because it goes both ways. Yeah, it could. I guess I am. But, uh, I don't know. I used to work with this girl who said, uh, she doesn't like to, uh, associate or be around depressed people or, uh, people who are always down all the time or people talking about their problems because I'll just bring her down. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I see where you're coming from, but I mean, you shouldn't totally lock yourself away from them. I mean, if I'm, yeah, I mean. But if you're not strong enough, why, why do that to yourself? I mean, did you ever find out if she was depressed and cut herself or suicidal or something like that? Or was she just one of those people that just didn't want to be around it? Uh, She didn't want to be around it. So she didn't suffer from depression or anything like that? You know, I'm not going to pretend like I, I know. I don't know. She could she could have been, but, um, I mean, if she was, she hit it pretty well. Well, most people that are depressed and want to kill themselves hide it pretty well. Unfortunately, yeah. But um, I, I suppose you're right. I guess I am denying people a chance to reach out just like I'm trying to reach out to them. And it's hard. Because you have to, well, from one, you have to be open and vulnerable, mm-hmm. which, you know, at times I'm not. I don't want to spend their, well, I'm willing to give up my job to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. but I'm not really at times ready to give up my time to talk to them. Yeah. You know, about my problems, I guess. Mm-hmm. Have somebody listen. Of course, there for a while, I'd break down every time I told somebody my issues because I had nobody to talk to. Yeah. I definitely didn't open up to my wife at that point yet. I don't know. I I, I go through these little little bouts of... Uh, I, I had these low days. And, um, I mean, people will see it written all over my face. I just won't talk, and I'll just be walking around. Uh, if I do talk, it'll be very little, just short answers. and. Um, people will ask me if I'm all right, and I'm like, yeah, it's just a little thing, and that's all I'll say. And they understand, I guess they understand. They're like, oh, okay. Um, see, that also angers me, because just like the other week when we talked about, like, you had did a Facebook post of how you attacked your own self. Yes. But people thought... It was somebody else attacking you, mm-hmm. and they were ready to go to war. Mm-hmm. But once you attacking yourself, oh, it's a low day. Yeah, you know, and but I mean that's. I think there's definitely a cultural change happening, because the younger generation than us is getting more emotional. It's okay for men to cry, which it should have been all along. It's okay to be in touch with your feelings and go to you know, meetings and counseling and take depression pills where I think our fathers and mothers shunned it a little bit. Our generation was kind of, we're on the verge. Yeah. Younger people don't care. They're just like, I need help. 
You know, and just like what we've talked about the whole night. I mean, do we rob other people of that? Do we see it only one way and not the other? I mean, even down to a painting. What if you would have done this stroke compared to that stroke? Yeah. And it's constantly judgment is honestly what it comes down to. We're just judging ourselves based on one mind. I mean, Gary Vee very plainly says, it is unnatural for any human to doubt themselves. It is somebody else's words that you've allowed to invade your head to tell you're not worthy, to tell you you don't deserve the best. But, and also culture, you know, it says we have to spend this amount to look cool when we can accept the bare minimum, save money, and have better later. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different tangent. So, I mean, and then one perspective is to show it online. You know, we have these images on Instagram and TikTok. We try to outdo each other, and that definitely affects our perspective. Right. Like, if I judge my family on what you put on Instagram, is that even being fair to either one? No. No, um, it's not. I mean, I mean, okay, I mean, not just clothes and everything, but our artwork as well. I follow a bunch of artists on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. And I see all these. Okay, there's this uh, one girl that I follow on Instagram. She's a painter and she's a clothing designer and stuff like that. But she does fantastic work. I love the skulls that she paints. and all. It, it's all very dark, but it's very cool looking. And uh, I always judge my artwork based on that i'm like well holy crap i wish i was that good but i gotta i gotta think though she's probably had a lot more history with painting than me she's probably gone to school for it or i mean or people would just call it and she's she's just talented in that way and i have my own talents as well uh so i guess you can call that perspective but well just going on the whole judgment thing is it fair to even judge by that because your whole purpose her whole purpose could be to do her painting style Mm -hmm. we've already discussed your purpose is to get it self Mm -hmm. so her person her level of perfection may be that much more than yours also Mm -hmm. whereas you're just trying to do what people want and that that's a that's a bad thing and the good thing about perspective. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> I love how Simon Sinek always compares Apple and, um, and Windows. Apple always tries to outdo the status quo. Ever since the 1984 commercial came out, they've always pushed the envelope. Uh-huh. Well, Windows, they try to push Mac. So one's playing a finite game and one's p- playing an infinite game. Two different standards. Mm-hmm. One has a, in, a clear ending. The other one is trying to go on as long as possible. So, I mean, and a lot of it's just how we view each other as people. I mean, I cannot judge myself on what you value. And especially now, I'm valuing all kinds of different stuff. Like, I, for the past year, I've said, 
God, I don't care. As long as you provide me your daily bread, that's all I need. I've had five different jobs. I've had at least, well, two months with the cast, probably about five months off this year. I mean, out of the whole year, I've made that much mo- less money this entire year. Mm-hmm. But I've been more taken care of than ever. My every bit of my perspective has changed. Like I'm willing now to go into the pond or go next door to the pond and find a fish and reach into its mouth and get a coin. One of my favorite Bible verses or subjects out there, when Jesus is like tempted and he goes, finds a fish and grabs a coin and is like, here, you know, clear, just kind of middle finger in the air to the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just, and your whole thing on the weight loss, mm-hmm. your wife has turned your perspective to a new diet and is encouraging you. You can't judge your weight loss based on her weight loss though. Right. Even though she showed you the way, your path is different than hers. She keeps judging me for it. Because <laughs> uh, I'll take in some carbs here and there, and she'll be like, well, I thought we were in this together. I'm like, I am in it with you. I'm, I, I'm doing it my way that works, and you can do it your way that works for you. I'm not saying I'm not with you. I am with you, and I'm still losing weight. I'm stepping on a scale every few days or so and it's still going down so apparently something's working yeah she's judgy (laughs) maybe she just wants value though yeah i don't know your wife well enough to be like okay she wants this this and this but Mm -hmm. obviously if she's by your standards i'm not gonna get myself in trouble you've already done that but maybe (laughs) by her saying that she feels left out somehow or maybe she's jealous right. that you can have cards and still what, lose weight. Because women, after a certain age, it's near impossible for them to lose weight. Like, they have to outwork men scientifically, like, twice as hard. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God I'm a male. <laughs> I mean, this year, weight loss has been easier, but I'm also on, like, six different medications. So, mm-hmm. you know. You have to give a little to get a little. Yeah. I mean, this this whole diet thing, I mean, it's easy for where I'm working now because I constantly walk around. I'm constantly on my feet. And um, I'm just, God, I'm just tired of eating beef jerky and eggs every day. <laughs> but in the long run... I want some freaking pie. <laughs> is it worth fighting for? It is. It. I mean, the the... The goal at the at the end is to be around for my family, and that's what's important. So that's that's worth it. Being around for my boys, being around for my wife, um, just overall, just being healthier, being able to walk around and not have my back hurt or, or my joints or something, and being able to breathe better. Oh, right? that's the worst. My knees for the past couple of years just started getting worse and worse. Just from the massive, like when I got, I started last year when we went on um, quarantine. 323 is what I got my worst up to because I worked for the city and was like walking miles a day. I got down to 288. I could tell a huge amount of difference. 
Mm. And then because of my cast, I gained all that weight back. Now I'm stuck fighting for it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's so much worth it. Just the pressure off my knees. I'm starting to even see color in my feet again. As weird as that sounds, but I'm getting circulation back and I'm seeing how much I'm going to be able to do with my kids and it's worth fighting for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've been on it for a little over two weeks now and I'm already down almost 20 pounds. Yeah, definitely look better. <laughs> okay. Hey. Like this one girl, she's like, Oh, yeah, I can see it in your face. I'm like, I didn't have 20 pounds on my face. <laughs> you I, I see what she's saying, though. I, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> um, well, I have a beard, so, I mean, my cheeks are fully, you know. It was all of a sudden one time when my wife was like, holy crap, I can reach around you. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it definitely was like, well, thanks. Can you get the knife out of my back? But, I mean, then I realized, like, it is a shock after yeah. being together 16 years mm-hmm. and slowly gaining weight. I mean, when we were first together and married, I was 280. And then it took all these years, 16 years, literally, to get down to 280 again. And was like, holy crap, I can reach around you again. 280 is actually my my uh, my goal right now. Because that was my high school weight. I played as a freshman at 250 pounds. I played in college at 280 pounds. I dated my wife for two years, you know, and plus lived outside of college. And then all of a sudden, the day we got married, it was like 300. Like, and I've never been able to get that weight off. Like, I remember because I was in the hospital with my daughter, she had the flu and pneumonia. Mm. I literally started tracking and I have not been able to lose one pound since that week she was in the hospital. It only got up, I mean, worse, mm-hmm. all the way up to 323. At one time, my worst weight was like 340. Yeah. But I mean, I'm like, holy crap. And then come find out I was diabetic, and now I'm like, I feel like if I eat the wrong thing, I'm dying. and just. But it does change your perspective, and you realize to be around for your kids, your wife, to see your grandkids, hopefully one day, mm-hmm. you have to change your perspective. Right. Actually, you know what, 280 sounds great, but my ultimate goal is to be able to shop at Walmart again. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I've been shopping at DXL, and they... Oh, you mean clothes. I was like, you can't shop for groceries at Walmart? (laughs) I'm too big. I can't fit through the door. No. uh, I can't... They don't have my size over at Walmart, so I got to go to DXL and get my clothes there. But um, I'm, I'm losing... I'm losing my weight, and thank goodness, man, I found some old shirts uh, the other day that I'm actually able to fit into now, and I'm so excited to wear my Beavis and Butthead shirt again. It's the Beavis and Butthead in the theme of Pulp Fiction, and I love it. And just think, that's only the first 20 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that should, well, I mean, that's going to be a good encouragement to keep on going. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I was a screen printer for 10 years. Like, my life was shirts. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing for me to, like, I have a X, or one XL that I would love to wear again. I don't know why. I just want to wear it. Even a 2XL at this point, I would love to wear. I have an XL shirt that I've never been able to wear. If 
I would love to wear that my buddy gave me a long time ago. It's this Rob Zombie shirt. It's got the uh, it's got his face from Hellbilly Deluxe, and the rest is all like a goldish orange color, but it's like tie dye. Yeah, but it's got his face on it. Huh. I would love to wear that shirt, but it's an XL, so I got ways to go. You'll get there uh, eventually if I just keep at it. Well, you started definitely changing perspective, mm-hmm. looking at it from a different angle. Yeah, and also your wife kicking your butt, saying, "Hey, come on!" Right. So that pretty much wraps up tonight's episode on perspective. Camo, do you have anything to add? Um, I, I, I believe so. Okay, here's what I got. Pay someone a compliment today. There could be a whole storm of troubles hiding beneath their smile. With a kind word or two, you could bring them out of the storm and into the light. We never know what each other's going through. Be nice to each other. And for us, that's been reaching out. And now it's your turn to reach out back to us. If you want to get a hold of Camo, send him a DM on his Facebook page, which is Camo Arts. And then you can also find him on his Instagram, which is uh, reaching out underscore podcast or Camo Arts underscore designs. We'd love to hear from you and see what your perspective on this is. And until next week, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.